Coming to you live from a shanty north side apartment, it's the Sons of Honarchy with your hosts, Drunk Shy Sox fan and Hot Take Tommy. On this episode of the Sons of Honarchy podcast, we bring you the opinions of the one and only twins fan that we know. <laughs> His name is Joel Brand at the Untamed Bull on Twitter. Go follow him now if you don't already. Uh, what else do we talk about, Steve? We talk about White Sox baseball. We talk about prospects. We talk about P. Coda. P. Coda and Nick Madrigal not being as good as you all think he is. All of this. Even though he will be. <laughs> and all, all of this, this brought to you by DBC Brand. So, <laughs> joining us today, Tom, yes, is the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, the untamed bull. So, do you guys himself. always do you always podcast in the Sears Tower, or is that just for me <laughs> today? <laughs> this view is phenomenal. I appreciate you because he calls this a shanty apartment every time he's up in shanty Northside apartment, and it's on brand. It's I know I I, I enjoy my I residence. I don't think it's shanty. Here's the deal. It's golden hour right now, and it's, it's true. the vibe is right. Yeah. Although I will say those buildings right there, if you're if you're looking at it at the wrong angle at the wrong time, it's just straight glare. So proceed can, with caution. You can put that as like the batter's eye in certain ballparks <laughs> and get an advantage. Like you know, if trash cans are out oh, yeah. of the mix now, maybe we just need the shanty apartments of also, the north side of also, Chicago. Also, I love that Dude, I gave. Yes. I love that I gave our guest this extremely hype mm. intro. And didn't even drop his name. Joel. Well, here's Joel the, Brand. <laughs> here's the deal. You guys can hype me up. You can gas me up. But the reality is, can I talk a little professional wrestling for a minute? Yes, absolutely. I'm Actually, big... White Sox Twitter is really big in WWE, so this is appreciated. Can so you all, you all know the term heel who are listening. But for those that maybe don't, it's mm. the bad guy in wrestling. The face is the good guy. So on this podcast, Steve and Tommy are the faces. And to be honest, I'm the heel. I'm the twins correspondent. You guys don't <laughs> like me. And so in my daytime job, I'm usually the face. I'm the good guy. People it's true. For me. It's we, true. We love you. We, we just hate your team. And that's why I'm going to live into the heel dynamic all night Ooh. long, baby. All right. Here we go. So... This Joel, man works at a church, so he's about to live into that the, is true. This is going to be very interesting. I'm very excited. Proceed for this. with caution. <laughs> so, Joel, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Uh, I was thank just you for bringing uh, whiners, wi- whiters, whiners, wide, whiteners, white. He said it. He just said it. Say it again. No, you say it again, Steve. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> so here's the deal. I've lived in Chicago for about a decade now, and for my first eight years of living in this city, I swore off the Chicago White Sox Stadium because I didn't want to give them a dollar because A.J. Pruszynski and the 2005 <laughs> yeah, White Sox, they were the heel of my childhood. <laughs> the twins were the face. They were the heel. And then last summer, I just realized guaranteed rate field is incredibly more a uh, fan experience that I want than Wrigley Field will ever offer. A thousand percent. One food. million. Yes. Way better food. Yes. Yep. The food is incredible. Facts. Getting to the stadium. Facts. Really smooth. Hop on the L, and it's not like super congested, like mm-hmm. a nose in February that's got the mucus going on. None of that. <laughs> Clean as that. a whistle. And True. the prices. I'm, yeah. I'm sure they're going to go up this year because you've invested in free agents, and that's going to come back and have the fans kind of tick up a little bit. But that's okay because – 
the Cubs stadium. I'm not even going to say its name because I'm just so against it right now. <laughs> it's like when people say the Washington professional football team. That's what I'm trying to do. Right oh, yes. I like that. Yes. It's just like it's chaos. It's expensive. And it's not that good. And I don't care about their team. So why not watch my favorite team? In a stadium that's actually pretty dope. Yeah, that's what we do. We watch our favorite team in a stadium that's pretty dope. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the stadium in and of itself is is very like, it's very ordinary. I feel like the field in and of itself. Yeah. What but, do you, what's an extraordinary field other than the Chicago Cubs professional stadium and Fenway? <laughs> Name a single other uh, stadium that is extraordinary. My favorite is is San Francisco. Okay. I. A thousand percent. I thought I was gonna have to argue. No, that. that's actually my favorite right. MLB stadium I've been to. I've only been to like nine, ten, I think. But I, I look really stupid right now because <laughs> one one point and I'm already done. <laughs> Crickets. Well, you are the heel, so we gotta we gotta give it to you a little bit. I'm yep. supposed to look stupid. It's my job. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, I think the thing that we wanted to proceed with, like the thing that we gotta get out of the way. Yeah. You guys just got. A lot better. The Twins. Like, you were just bragging on how we got free agents, but, like, you guys got better in free agency and in the trade market. And you kept your 100-mile-an-hour hurler. I don't know how you did that. Brewstar? Yeah. No, we flipped him to the Dodgers. We got flipped to the Dodgers for for Jeter Downs. Wait, so you did get – so you got Kenta Maeda and Jeter Downs. The so, way this all broke out was like they released it, then they took it back. Then they released it, then they took it back. So I don't know what's going on anymore. It was like the hokey pokey. You put yes. your right foot in, you, and then you, you put it you, out. You fill Tom in on, yes. on what happened here because he's missing some facts. Mm. So Bruce Dar, imagine that he's got <laughs> CC Sabathia build. Okay, mm. twenty one, already had some arm surgeries. The Red Sox new stuff, and then they were like, oh wait. We have buyer's remorse. We don't want him. But the Dodgers were clearly going to push this deal across, and they're like, we will do what it takes to get Mookie Betts in our blue jersey. Therefore, we will send out one of our 8,000 prospects that they could have done this deal <laughs> with yes. with whoever they wanted. They gave a guy named Jeter Downs, named after Derek Jeter, and the Dow Jones market is what I heard. That's hilarious. That's, that second part's completely no. lying. <laughs> Wait, Tommy would you believe cannot, you, though, just yeah, like Evan Marshall. Evan Marshall fucking duped me. Anybody can. <laughs> if I talk in a cadence and I move my hand, everything sounds good. So I'm on the hook. So instead of Bruce Star going to Boston... Bruce Star's going to the Dodgers, and they're kicking in up uh, number 44 overall prospect on the rankings instead of 83, which was Gratterall. So Boston's actually excited because they mm. get a guy that they think is health- healthy and also higher in the rankings. And I would rather have Kenta Maeda than Bruce Star Gratterall because the Twins, about one week beforehand, said, we're going to put him in the bullpen this year. We're not even going to give this guy a chance to do uh, starting role Interesting. Work. So his ceiling is incredibly high. Like, if everything goes well, he could be elite. But most likely, he's just going to be a really good reliever who's going to burn out in three years. So, that's it. Let the burp out. No, yeah, absolutely. Let the burps out into the mic. That's something that we got to get back on point with. I'm a heel. I do things against the podcast. That's right. Uh, That's right. You know, I'm trying to have. I'm trying to move. That's the worst. So. The thing with Kenta Maeda that's interesting, though, is his contract is very much incentive-laden. Correct. I was going to bring that up and ask you what you thought about that. And the Dodgers have been being heels 
because they would put him in the bullpen so that he couldn't accrue these starts and these inning limits, uh, inning like achievement. I markers. hate the Dodgers. Totally. I hated the Dodgers before I knew that. Yeah, and so Bunch he of has assholes. his contract is super interesting if you really look at it and break it down. So I think Kenta is going to be happy because truthfully we need him as a starter. Most definitely. Yeah, and so I think we have this. Uh, ability now to have our pitching not be a weakness, like you talked about. It might mm-hmm. not be a strength, but it at least is not a weakness. And Bruce Starr is this high-ceiling, potential flamethrower, potential burnout guy that I'd say, let's move on. Let's get this guy. Let's get depth so we don't have to rely on Homer Bailey, right. who I'm a Twins fan, dude, and I'm <laughs> yeah, not even excited no. for him. <laughs> you might be, not. You might be the most excited Homer Bailey fan oh, that's I'm, not I'm related Homer to Homer Bailey. Bailey. I'm so pumped for Homer Bailey being on the Twins. Yeah, that's and that's a bad sign coming from my angle. I so, think he's comeback player of the year material, but, you know, I don't want him to be, but I'm just trying to be honest with your, my emotions. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Those emotions are just swelling up inside of you right now, aren't they, Tom? Well, it, welling up. Wellington, oh, Castillo. So let me bring ask, him back the good old days. <laughs> let me ask you a question: Would you rather the Twins have Bruce Starr, Gratterall, or Kent Maeda? I'd rather them have Bruce Starr, Gratterall. You gotta because, slowly say it. Yeah, that's a tough one for me um, to pronounce. But no, I think it's I think it's an obvious choice because with Kent Maeda, you guys now have a, a solidified one, two, three. It may not look like a one, two, three of Strasburg, Scherzer, Corbin, or uh, Verlander, Cole, and Granke. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it's good enough for you guys. And good enough to you know solidify your yourself bats. as That's the, main the thing division too. as the division front runner. Yeah, easily. Like it's not even close at this point. And I think every Twins fan is having this ideal scenario in their head where during the trade deadline we get somebody that completely surpasses every one of our starters so that Barrios is a two, Odorizzi is the three, Maeda is the four, and we have prospects that we could do that with. And we all know that pitching is very volatile, and so to not go all in in February when you could go all in and see whose arm is really looking fresh. What would be the prospect to pull back an ace, a true ace? We could throw. Would it be a Royce Lewis? Yes, that okay. is the name. I think Twins fans who are not listening to this podcast currently would lose <laughs> their mind, but I'd say that's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. We also could throw – we have a guy named Alex Kirloff, who is a pretty good hitter um, yeah. that could potentially, with a couple others, get somebody. But if you put Lewis's name on the table, I think you can get who you want. Oh, for sure. I mean, Royce Lewis was first overall draft. No, it wasn't first overall. He was, he was a first overall draft yeah. pick. So I mean, the upside's insane with him. I mean, it's it's Luis Robert kind of uh, Robert upside and talent from yeah. what I've heard and you what I've seen. You guys have become so good at rolling your R's. I'm oh, so proud of you. Absolutely. Ooh. I mean, I, it wasn't it wasn't the way I wanted to pronounce it initially, but I heard the interview and I was like, nope, he definitely rolled that R. Robert. Robert. Um, so. Speaking of, I want to talk about this, Joel, because you brought this up in regards to the ballpark, okay, with guaranteed rate. You have a proposition for Major League Baseball, and Major League Baseball has been all about propositions lately to try and get butts, in, fans. The, butts in the seats and yep. people engaged, which, first, before we bring up what you brought up to us initially, talk to us. You've seen the MLB news, right, about yep. the... 
um, expanding picture. of the playoffs. What, what are your thoughts on all of this? The rule that potentially could happen that gets me the most excited is one that I've thought about for the NFL and the NBA so many times. Let the number one seed pick, pick their, their opponent. opponent. I'm, I'm actually mm. on board with that. And to be honest, it actually benefits the two, three seed kind of matchups more than it does the one, four. Mm-hmm. Because you'll actually get two competitive teams in that two, three that are going to be a heck of a series. Yeah. Instead of the two playing the three, and the three has got like the twins last year where we're throwing out Randy Dobnik. Mm-hmm. No one knows his name. Uber. Right <laughs> we put him in a playoff series. It, we're just like, we know we're going to lose. So that is the one that gets me the most excited. For that, sure. I think people are really like worried that like they, they advertised it as like, oh, it's going to be great TV when you see them choose whoever they want to. I don't think it's going to make great TV, but I think it's going to make a great story, which yes. is going to dr- drive ratings and whatever. And that's what they're after. Like that actual moment of picking is not going to be great TV. It's going to be like, oh, this is just awkward. We're watching people like it's like The Bachelor, but baseball. But <laughs> but economically, the MLB doesn't even need great TV. They need great Twitter. Mm. Facts. And so they don't need to put people from 6.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Central Time in front of their TV. They need you to be on your phone updating it, seeing what Jeff Passan said or whoever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They could yeah. get a new. They could make a new name. They could create a whole new kind of specialist newsbreaker, Wojbomb type person in that arena. Yeah. They, and they'd be the ones on the cutting edge for the first time in sports industry in the last – Three decades, probably. Well, and that's what they need because I still will uh, put on the ESPN app on my TV when I'm waking up and getting ready to go to work. Yeah, And it is so frustrating to watch First Take talk about if Tom Brady is going to go somewhere (gasps) or the Dak Prescott extension when the Robert Covington-Clint Capella trade goes through, the Mookie Betts trade goes through, and their people are literally saying no one cares about anyone else other than Mookie Betts. And it's like, that's because you've created a system where we are not allowed to care about Kenta Maeda because you just put Dak Prescott through our throats, rant over. Yeah. Right. Facts. Wow. I love it. So... I love that you're also on board with the picking of what is it? Pick the one seed being able to pick their opponent. Yeah, and we haven't talked about this either, right? So. Because this is brand new. This is like last night, this morning right. news. Right. So one tweet, uh, Matt Snyder, who writes for CBS for the MLB. Um, for their MLB coverage. He said, My main beef is I've always loved how MLB has the most emphasis on the regular season of major pro sports. The most emphasis on the regular season of any sport. If you're going to send almost half the teams to the playoffs, there's no reason for a large sample regular season. So, for example, last year the Yankees were 19 games better than the Red Sox, but they would have had to beat them in a three-game series just to get to the divisional round they had the system that they're talking about possibly putting in place, which is fascinating. Do you want heel Joel right now, or do you want face Joel right now? Tell me what the people want. Tell me what you want them to hear. Heel now. They don't care about the game of baseball. They care about the green that comes in from George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. It is true. true. Cooperstown cronies that are going to go there and love the game with their whole heart for 80 years are already invested so deeply in this game, and they are going to just capitalize on that fandom that is really like my grandpa got me into the game Mm -hmm. i've heard your stories Uh we all have familial connections 
that's locked in. You've mm-hmm. done a podcast about a team that hasn't been very good. <laughs> very hey, true. Hey, you, hey <laughs> I, can, <the> truth. <laughs> I can say that because I've listened to Twins podcasts of teams that haven't been very good. Yeah. They need to get these other points of growth. Twitter. Um, possibly we'll talk a little more about other topics of my financial views of baseball. I'll pause there, but I don't know, man. They're not going to cut 162 because that's their bottom line, and that's what they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think that the main thing I was walking away from it is a wild card series as opposed to a wild card game. I think that's the most interesting part, and that's going to be more incentive driving for like the whole idea. I thought was to yes get money, but also do away with tanking for the most part. And if you see two people going for the uh, one wild card game and just knowing that you're going to get mowed down by mm-hmm. Scherzer or Verlander or whatever it's going to, who's going to, whoever you're going to face, why would you put all your cards in for one game versus having a three game series? There's an opportunity there to at least, you know, come away with two games and like have a chance. But don't get don't get it twisted. They're more interested in the two home games and hot dog sales than they are the drama <laughs> of potentially having Kyle Schwarber hit two home runs in what's the Pittsburgh Park? What are they called? Uh, PNC is it still yeah. PNC? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just a bunch of letters. Don't you love letters in baseball, Tommy? <laughs> Fip, whip, all of those. That's your those jam, are his right? favorites. They don't make any sense, and I don't need them to. Just hit the ball he as only far needs as you can. Batting average, batting, batting average, average, home is, runs, RBI, favorite RBI, batting average and RBI are Tommy's favorite <laughs> stats Major. in regards to evaluating hitter talent. Now, speaking of, I know we just brought up tanking. Joel, one thing that you brought up to us earlier is that you don't want baseball teams to be spending ridiculous amounts of money. You want a salary cap. Explain why. This this is going to go back to wrestling. So White Sox Twitter, who's not into wrestling, I apologize. there's, There's this concept in the WWE where to enjoy professional wrestling, you need to suspend belief. Okay, mm-hmm. suspend belief. Mm-hmm. We know this is scripted. Whenever, whenever anybody comes up to me and it's like, you know, it's fake, right? I go, you know, movies are fake, right? Too. It's not. <laughs> yeah. It's not gonna make me not enjoy the entertainment. I just need to realize it's scripted, and I yeah. need to be able to not watch it and realize that it's scripted in the moment. So if the actors and the booking in WWE is doing their job, you can suspend disbelief. Right. Mm-hmm. I cannot suspend my disbelief that the MLB that Rob Manfred only cares about the green that's coming in instead of this fan experience. And the salary cap, the lack of a salary cap, makes that so clear because the reality is David Price was just there for any team that wanted to pay for him easily. If you want it, you can have it. And there's teams that don't want it, and I'm supposed to, as a fan of those teams, believe that it matters. I think you need to have a structure in place where there's not just this idea of like, well, Twins didn't want to go sign a pitcher this year because it was too expensive and the pitching arms are too volatile and they don't want to have that risk-reward profile. I think if you have a salary cap that is clear, you won't have people being so upset in the fans when their team isn't willing to shell out money and these other teams are willing to do it and they win championships with or without trash cans. Mm. Am I right? So you're saying that the luxury tax rule that's already in place, that's not enough? 
No, because the reality is that my t- my team, the Twins, for a long time haven't been able to spend that money because of our owner deciding not to do it. But if there was a salary cap that made those salaries a little bit more manageable for them, it just evens the playing field for everybody. The luxury tax, there's teams that print money. The Dodgers print money. The Yankees print money. The Red Sox should be able to print money, but apparently they're not doing it anymore. The Cubs Mm. should be able to print money, but they are not doing it anymore, I guess. Correct. And so I just would want a system that would allow me as a fan to not get so upset when I see David Price just freely being given to a team because they can spend the money. Hmm. Classic uh, Twins fan. Yeah. Do you do you guys disagree? <laughs> do you disagree? Do you not get mad? That's good. Do you not get mad when you just see there's teams that will pay and I they honest, win? I honestly don't because then I look at teams like the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm playing devil's advocate here, right? Please. So, Tampa Bay Rays, right? Bottom of the payroll. Thir- number 30 of 30 teams last year, right? $68 million, I think, was their payroll or something like that. And what did they do? They almost beat the cheaters. They put themselves in a position to win because they signed the right guys with the right contracts. And now, I'm, I'm just not going to be the kind of guy to say... You know, owners should only be able to spend certain amounts of money. Like, if you want to go and spend money on so many players and shell out huge contracts and give out guaranteed money like that, by all means, go for it. If anything, I think in order to make it more competitive, there should be a minimum. Like, you should be forced to spend a certain amount of money. Like, the Rays spending $68 million. Imagine if they were forced to spend $100 million. They'd have some really good talent down there. I mean, World Series champs probably, yeah. right? I mean, think about that. As always, I'm learning so much from the Sons of Hanarch. <laughs> if you don't subscribe already, please do like five-star five star reviews only. Hey, the plug's not coming from us. So. Yeah, I will allow it. But, I mean, but can I make one point? Yeah, go for the it. The Tampa Bay Rays fans are probably the people that would want that you can't just buy money stuff more than anyone else because they let Corey Dickerson go just because it was like a $6 million salary and they didn't have to go mm-hmm. for it. And I yeah. guess you're right with the minimum. I understand that logic. But CJ Crone, they just let go because of the system that's in place. So it is corrupt and it needs to be addressed somehow. But don't you kind of – like baseball is the one sport that really does have – an evil empire on both coasts. You know what I mean? And right down the middle now. Are you trying to say the twins? Texas. Texas. Oh, okay. I was like, I think, I think Houston, I think Houston is by far the evil empire amongst anyone else. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, Especially with this off season. I thought you were about to come in with an argument for a second. I was like, well, they haven't been good enough. Yeah. Kansas city Royals are just the heels of all heels. (laughs) There we go. Yes. But not because they're good. (laughs) Got them. Yeah. So, I mean, so you're so you're in this idea though of wanting to invest mentally in the whole MLB, which if we look at what people are talking about Major League Baseball, it is more and more a regional sport than ever, and mm-hmm. that's why Sunday Night Baseball is the same eight teams every single week because they don't really care about the Kansas City Royals because regions don't care about what's going on there. Mm-hmm. So I think this idea is like there are people that are invested in it, but you need to get on a regional level people buying into their own team and having it be the biggest beer garden in their ah, city. The now, I love around, this. The I love the beer. First off, I want to hear more on your vision for 
30 large, massive beer gardens throughout America US. and Toronto. And Toronto. <laughs> so, again, I'm, I'm banking on the fact that there's going to be the Cooperstown cronies, as I mentally call them, people <laughs> that are going to always be there. They're going to drive their kids to Cooperstown to show them the history. They're going to be fully invested and buy the season ticket packages, all that stuff. You need to draw in other people that don't care about six, five, three double plays and keeping score in that green book of yours each game. True. Mm-hmm. And so whatever you can do as Major League Baseball to get the experience to reflect this beer garden is incredible, and I want to spend time with my friends outside in beautiful places on beautiful days more, you should do it. Mm. Oh, sure. Do you provide a service but go underappreciated when you put yourself out there on social media? (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Do you want sleek, impeccable presentation but lack of the resources? Hey, of course, dear bud. If you answered yes to any of these, get in touch with DBC Brand. With your choice of three solid tiers of social media marketing plans, you get access to professional social media content curation, email marketing, blog posting, live video and photography sessions, and more. Find out more by visiting dbcbrand.com and give your business the creative touch and the spotlight it deserves. DBC, Digital, Digital by, by Creatives. Creatives. Oh, yeah. Shout out to all the episodes. <laughs> Who was the most exciting player on the White Sox last year? Besides, no, yeah. Who was the most exciting player on the White Sox? Tim Anderson. The most exciting to watch? No, was, stop. He, oh, from Tim a baseball Anderson. perspective? No, or from Anderson. an entertainment perspective. Literally, somebody outside of the outside of the White Sox organization just said Tim Anderson. It's facts. And who? Why was he the most exciting? Because he, he plays with swagger, and he had the most amount of hits out of the entire team. For some reason, I can say both of you are right. It was Tim Anderson, but it was because of his swagger, dude. His home run <laughs> <Right>. clip. <laughs> exactly. We need to the like the best baseball player to watch on the South Side last year was Yon Moncada. Yes, Sorry. I I agree. Or but even the most maybe exciting Lucas Giolito, too, because of his comeback season. Yeah, but also the thing that made Lucas Giolito the most exciting was he struck out eight people in a row one game. Is that exciting for the Kansas City Royals fans? Not at all. So strikeouts, walks, homers. Three outcomes, great for baseball. <laughs> Three outcomes is not good for baseball. I so strongly disagree. I completely agree with you, Tommy, but I think we've gone too far. Just like the three-point shooting revolution in the NBA, where it's like, this isn't that fun to just watch like right. Brooke Lopez shoot corner threes <laughs> right now. <laughs> but the math just plays out so clearly that it's not changing. Unless they move that line back, it's not going to change. Mm-hmm. And we, as a baseball intellect, <laughs> realize that three true outcomes is the best way to score runs and win games, sports. Damn. Well, can't argue with that. But he, hit us with your beer gardens already. Well, he already did. Give it detail. Paint a word picture for me. They need to put all of their marketing into getting casual fans to come. 
they need to make the experience really enjoyable for people that don't have any idea who Jan Mankata is. So basically, whoever's doing marketing for Bud Light needs to like get hired by Major League Baseball. Take Rob Manfred's job. I don't care. I don't <laughs> want him in there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Now, Joel, we were talking about this earlier. Microphones and baseball. Thoughts? Well... First of all, Steve, job well done. That was a beautiful segue. The concept of a mic has been around for a while, and the NFL and the NBA have completely what is What is it. this that I'm talking into? I'm this, confused. This is a microphone. Oh, is that? Okay, keep going, keep going. So I also I pitched another <laughs> idea to these guys. I don't know why there's not a microphone in the pitcher's hat that goes to the catcher's helmet so that we don't need signs anymore. There is zero reason. There is zero reason. Well, there is now. Look at this whole Astro science deal. Well, this no, this is what I'm saying. There's zero reason to not have. Oh, there's zero reason for it not to happen. Yeah. Okay. Because literally, if that happens, there's no way that this Astros trash can scandal buzzer, whatever whack a mole Jose Altuve is using, would ever be a problem. (laughs) Yes. So, Pakoda did come out with the White Sox projections for the year. Eighty-three wins. So, Joel, do you think that's realistic for the White Sox? Can we can we have a little heart to heart, boys? Sure. This is heel Joel coming out. I'm looking you in heel the eyes. Heel Joel. Here we go. I'm looking you in the eyes to say you can get mad at me right now. I want this. This is gonna be good for content. I'm gonna stir the pot. I'm so pumped. Last episode. If you haven't listened, go back, subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> this is heel Joel. Already. In the last podcast, you were talking about the Pakota rankings, and you were talking about whether the White Sox could make the playoffs. And Steve listed out five people that needed to either have a great season or step up in their potential right. put, like outcomes that Pakota would shoot out. Mm-hmm. Here's the reality, boys. That's true not just about White Sox. It's true not just about the Twins. It's about every team. There is home team exceptionalism running wild. No. Everyone, Wait, ex- explain. Okay, exceptionalism. I don't know what you mean by that. Exceptionalism, this idea that you have something that is exceptional, that is the exception, that is different than other people. Mm-hmm. So anytime you guys talk about Carlos Rodon. Oh, the, the GOAT. Carlos, anytime Tommy talks about Carlos Rodon, excuse me. <laughs> you're right, you're right, Steve. Anytime Tommy <laughs> talks about Carlos Rodon, every single team the in the MLB has somebody who's like Carlos Rodon that has shown flashes of brilliance, that has the potential to salivate your taste buds because you think he could really do good. But the reality is, especially in baseball, most of those guys end up doing jack squat nothing for your team. And most people underperform, and most people get injured. And the reality is depth, as you talked about last Mm -hmm. podcast too, is super important. Can't have enough depth. So you all have this idea that if everything breaks right over 162 games of a very volatile game that you could make the playoffs. But the reality is every team thinks that. The Twins' bullpen, people are talking about the Twins' bullpen like it's actually like top five. We are what? not going to be there. This is, Twins, this is Twins' Twitter talking like you put How? us next. Thad Levine, our general manager, kind of said something he probably shouldn't gassing us up. The reality is <laughs> the reality is, is our bullpen is super volatile, and there's going to be guys that get flamethrower, and they burn out, and they get thrown to the dumpster pile again. We have this idea of people being the best 
potential version of themselves. Mm-hmm. When I play pickup basketball, I have this idea of what I could <laughs> do, what I used to be able to do. But the reality is most nights I have some sore back problems because Pilates isn't doing it enough for me recently. <laughs> Or I have maybe a little sweaty brow and my eyes are getting water in them. I'm not playing as good as I could, but I have this idea of what I could be. I need to slow this rant down, give you guys some talking places. I think there's a little bit of White Sox exceptionalism that you can have when you think about everyone. Luis Robert. Robert, yes. Having this incredible season where the reality is he's probably going to have an okay season. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he's a rookie. Absolutely. Well, hold, hold on now. Hold on now. Your bullpen's going to suck. And we only... That's, <laughs> Is that all you want to say? Tommy's already out here firing back. Well, we're going to start there. But uh, the thing is, we only need things to break right, not over 162 games. We only need things to break right for us 99 times for me to be correct about having 99 wins. Tommy, you know <laughs> that logic is flawed. No, 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 no. We only need things to break right for us in every win. We could lose by uh, six runs every other game, and it's fine. So, you know? so in your world, you're going to yes. win the game eight to seven, and your losses are going to be zero to nine. Winning yeah. ugly. This is the thing. No, that's not <laughs> how this works. Do you know that there's a such thing that people will get called run differential? Yeah, run differential. Look at the Reds last season. Run differential didn't do them jack shit. Yeah, and then look at the Brewers, right? People were like, oh, yeah, run differential, right? Like, they doesn't matter. But then look what happened to them in the playoffs. Oh, right. Oh, the only thing that went wrong for the Brewers in the playoffs is outfield defense, which we have covered. All right, so let's let's put up Dallas Keuchel's name. Oh, my okay? God. Let's put up I'm Dallas so Keuchel's done. name. <laughs> is Dallas Keuchel going to be the Cy Young Award no. winner, or is he going to be somebody that has a five ERA? Oh, five ERA is a stretch. but Five steep. Five is more like Homer Bailey. This is what I'm trying to get you Ouch. to say. This is what I'm trying to get you to say. It's going to be closer to five than it's going to be closer than to Cy Young. Or just in the middle. Even put the average of the median of what his performances could be. But every White Sox fan, because of home team exceptionalism, same thing happens to us twins when we think about Josh Donaldson. He's 32. He's going to fall off the cliff at some point. He's not going to hit 50 bombs for us for four years. But we have this idea of what Josh Donaldson could be, what Dallas Keuchel could be. And we need to account for the fact that it's going to be in the middle and there's going to be things that happen that none of us foresee. That's what baseball is. It's 162 games. Well, the thing that I'm most worried about with Josh Donaldson is that gold glove that he's going to have. So, yeah, I, gold glove defense, right, Joel? Well, it's really hard to actually field when your glove is made out of gold, so we're going to try to remove <laughs> that from him. No, it's true. And he's also going to be throwing to Miguel Sano at first base, who's going to be a significant decline of our first base defense. Right. Sano's hot trash, so. I honestly yeah. like. Oh yeah, <laughs> hot trash, right? Especially with the bat in his hands, right? But, but Miguel Sano is another example. Twins have home field exceptionalism, home team exceptionalism for Miguel Sano. We think that he could be this 16-year-old prospect that we've all read about for decades. And the reality is, he's going to be somewhere in the middle with his three true outcomes, and he's going to strike out a lot, and he's not going to hit singles. Tommy, I'm sorry. <laughs> Hey, honestly, the talking about singles, I want to get your perspective on this guy. So everyone on White Sox Twitter is out of their mind crazy for Nick Magical. And, Carrie, I'm looking at you. We'll talk about that bet later. 
So, <laughs> yeah, you haven't responded to that yet. But I'll continue. get back to him. I gotta, I gotta run some continue. numbers, run continue. some numbers over here. Anyway, so everybody's out of their mind, hyped about this guy. From the outside looking in, do you even know who he is? A and B. What are your thoughts on who he will be for us? That's exactly what I was gonna say. Is legit. I'm gonna be humble and say I don't know a thing about Nick. Fair. I could I could spit and try to sound cool, and 50% of the time I might be right, 50% Do it. I You're, might be wrong. No. But the more important piece is that I, as an outsider, don't know anything about Nick right. Madrigal, except for you all talking about him. Fair. So exactly, but is, is a three percent strikeout is a three percent strikeout rate in the minors something to get excited about? Well, Eddie Rosario has like a 25% strikeout rate, and he does stuff. So there's a whole like vast amount of outcomes that can come even with a high strikeout or a low strikeout rate we have like Luis Arraez mm-hmm. and he doesn't strike out a lot <laughs> but he had a really good season this year I'm not saying that it's going to happen again because you can't just not strike out to win and be a good baseball player you actually have to hit the ball with solid contact mm-hmm. uh oh Tommy getting a little head nods on well, solid contact solid stats. contact Tom. he's a finished product he's not going to get any better than he is right now because he's been through four full years in college baseball. He is done developing, and who he is in the minors is who he is going to be for us. And he's his. That's contact. what they said about Jose Altuve too. I'm sorry, we don't wear buzzers on the White Sox. I knew you were gonna say that. Well, yeah, I don't know why you didn't expect that. But you still need guys that are going to, quote unquote, for you slap hit, get on base, hit singles, walk like. I agree. He I had a 3% that... strikeout rate in his time in the minors. And by the way, when he was in triple A last year, now it's only it's small sample size, 134 plate appearances in triple A. You say he has no power, right? He had a 424 slugging percentage. That's, that's not that's terrible pretty, for a contact hitter. That's pretty – you're touting a 424 slugging percentage. And like one it's... thing that you notice about players, this here's here's something that I think you forget. Players' power in the major, like the the step that they make from the minor leagues to the major leagues, usually power increases. Not in the White Sox system, Charlotte, dude, Charlotte. What do you, what are you talking about? That's the most hitter friendly ballpark in the goddamn United States. No, but what I'm trying to tell you, Tom, is that around around Major League Baseball in general, with prospects, you start to see. Their numbers go up. You but see again, the power numbers Nick go up is a once they're product. in the major leagues. He's a finished product, dude. He's, He's been... not a finished. You cannot call a 24-year-old a finished product. Four years in college He's baseball. He's 22. He's not even 23 yet, Tom. Oh, I don't know about you. <laughs> I'm feeling. No. Okay, fine. We can, ah, leave. We okay. can table that Nick Magical discussion for another time. I'm literally going to start an entire podcast. We can I just We're going to start an entire podcast. Here's the thing. I'm never I'm not out here trying to tell you that Nick Magical is bad at baseball. I don't think that he's bad at baseball. I just need everyone on White Sox Twitter to calm the fuck down. He is not our savior. Carlos Rodon is, oh all right? God. So <laughs> Tommy, 
Can we make a bet about Carlos Rodon this year? I mm. want in. Oh, so I don't get to make a bet with you on Rodon this year. It's this all is, Joel. This is a repeat. I'm going to watch this handshake. Is this going to be a repeat bet from last year? Because I don't think – what what was my bet last year that he was going to do you said that 173 was, ERA or something ridiculous? No. 173. <laughs> I think that was somewhere around my bet last year. No, I was really it was excited. In the it was a 347. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. That was a good bet. That was a good bet. 347 ERA. If he didn't get injured, he would have gotten there. Let's let's talk innings. Let's, let's not do the innings. ERA again. Do you want to do an innings bet with Carlos well, Rodon? He's out half the year. He's out half the That's the thing. Like I, That's a tough one. Uh, innings-wise, you don't want to make a bet because you know <laughs> that he is not the savior. <laughs> he's the savior. The back half of the year, it's just going to be Carlos Rodon's time to shine. It's going to be beautiful. I... Honestly, once so Homer Bailey falls off a cliff, right then Carlos Rodon can take the lead, I guess. Yes, yes, facts. So, uh, what? I want to strangle you. Okay. I love you, but I want to strangle you. <laughs> I have no problem with uh, you guys coming at me about my Carlos Rodon love. I think he's going to be something special back half of the season. If he's not, this is the thing about the White Sox this year. If he's not, is it the end of the world? No, because you actually have depth. Thank you. Which is and nice. Something about the twins pitching, on this the other is why hand, depth is important. Uh, just to, I, I just like, I feel like since you're here, I have to like say bad things about the twins, as you should. Yeah. So you guys, like, the thing that's exciting about being a White Sox fan right now is that we're due for um, an aggressive uh, winning season. For you guys, you're due for a regression kind of a season right like there's no like 101 wins is probably an unrealistic expectation for the twins right i think we're still gonna have a plenty of regular season success i don't think it's gonna translate into the postseason because of our lack of ace pitching the reality is still if you look at our lineup one through nine there's not an easy out and that Correct. usually wins in the major league regular season that's deep It's always nice to have somebody here who just loves baseball as much as we do. So um, thanks for coming out. Thanks for making the long trek down, what what is this, Lake 20 Shore minutes Drive. away? Yeah, there you go. 20 minutes away on Lakeshore Drive uh, from the great white north that you that you come from. Thank you. Everyone who's listening to this. Are you to referring this? to Minnesota as the great white north or Wilmette? Uh, the great white north. Minnesota, Wilmette, it's all the same. It's all north of here, right? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Everyone who's listening to this podcast right now, for real, pause it and take time to encourage these two guys who are doing a really incredible job and making this entertaining, making this fun. They are a great duo, and I can't wait to see what the sky has uh, in store for them because they're going to fly. They're going to land amongst the stars because they're shooting for the moon with the Sons of Hanarchy podcast. Love you guys. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Joel, that is the best endorsement that we've ever received. My heart is so full. I appreciate you. All right, man. Sam Bruns, can you unplug my mic right now? I'm going to (laughs) leave. He's got to go run a church meeting, so duty calls. Tom, we build our bus in Han we trust. Have a good one, everybody.